very moment, sitting within me to abide as I stride to lead and guide your flock into the green pastures of your word. Cause them to bring to memory all the things I've heard during my study time with you and feel to my lips that nothing escapes them except that which is good and true. Therefore, from the lesson this day, Father, I do pray that you allow your flock to feed freely. Not that they might be impressed with me, but that they may be blessed by thee. I only pray that you utilize me to illuminate the darkness with your horror's light, that it displaces and be frightened, that it strengthen their hands, that they might fight to enter into thy kingdom. Therefore, for me to stay, Father, I do pray that you allow your light to shine extra bright. Again, not that they might find me, not that they might see me, but that they might find you, the one in whom our glory and honor is due, Yahuwah, my El and King. I pray that you accept for me this day my offering. Yeah, which was name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So we're going to take a look at another Bible number that has meaning. Hallelujah. You know, and today we're going to be seeing that today is the fifth month. We're going to do the number. Fifteen. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking, like, you know, what does that have to do with the fifth month? Well, you know, three times five is fifteen. You know, so that's spiritual completeness of the number five. Alright. Yeah, it's called multiplication. I'll tell you about that later. Alright. But now, so here it is, like we're gonna take a look at number fifteen in scripture. And the number fifteen speaks to Rest. So when you see the number 15 in scripture, think rest. And, you know, so it would it speaks to rest. It, uh, come to me all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. You know, and you know, the way it speaks to rest is concerning the number 15 in scripture, you know, we're told that three times we're to appear before Yahuwah on his feast. Or rest days. That is his Sabbaths. And all three are on the 15th day of their prospective months. Mm. Hallelujah. Isn't that Yasin? That is Yasin. Consider Exodus 23, 14 through 17. It says, Three times thou shalt keep a feast unto the end of the year. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded thee. In the time appointed of the month of a bee. For in it thou canest, thou camest out of out from Mizraim, and none shall appear before me empty. Why shall none appear before him empty? Because it's a harvest festival. And if you have a harvest, you shouldn't appear before him empty, because he's the reason you have the harvest. Selah. Verse 16, in the feast of harvest, the first fruits of thy labors, which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering, which is in the end of the year, when thou hast gatherest in thy labors out of the field, three times in a year all thy males shall appear before the Adonai Yahuwah. Hallelujah. Also, second witness is found in Deuteronomy 16, 16, and 17. It says, Three times in a year shall all thy males appear before Yahuwah thy Elohim in the place which he should choose. In the feast of unleavened bread, in the feast of weeks, and in the feast of tabernacles. And they shall not appear before Yahuwah empty. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of Yahuwah, thy Elohim, which he hath given thee. Hallelujah. You know, so, um, 
that's considered Leviticus 23, 5, and 6. Uh, it says, in the 14th day of the first month, at even is Yahuwah's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread unto Yahuwah. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. You know, and of course this is Yah's high day. It is a rest day. It's a day in which you rest from the world. You know, even as our Yah's Shabbats. They are days of rest. They are days in which we rest from the world. We rest from the worldly way of thinking. We rest from the worldly way of working. We rest from the world in every aspect. It's a day that's kodesh, that's set apart unto Yahuwah. It's a day when we only do him and his. Consider our jubilees for the day of um, first fruits. You know, we have to go to jubilees to see how it also falls on the 15th day. Let me have my first reader read Jubilees 44, verses 1 through 5, please. Israel set out from Hebron, from his house, on the first of the third month. He went by the way of the well of the oath and offered a sacrifice to the Elohim of his father Isaac on the seventh of this month. When Jacob remembered the dream that he had seen in Bethel, he was afraid to go down to Egypt. But as he was thinking about sending word to Joseph that he should come to him and that he would not go down, he remained there for seven days on the chance that he would see a vision about whether he should remain or go down. He celebrated the harvest festival, the first fruits of grain with old grain, because in all the land of Canaan, there was not even a handful of seed in the land since the famine affected all the animals, the cattle, the birds, and mankind as well. On the 16th, the Adonai appeared to him and said to him, Jacob, Jacob. Hallelujah. So uh, from this account, we can determine that Yaakov celebrated the harvest festival of first fruits on the 15th. You know, and so here it is. We see that unleavened bread falls on the fifteenth. First fruits of grain, that is um, the wheat harvest, falls on the fifteenth. And then we have Leviticus twenty-three thirty-four that says, "Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the feast of tabernacles for seven days unto Yahuwah." So we see all three of Yah's. Uh, Cog. All three of them of his special cogs, his special feast days, his high days fall on the 15th. Now, the number 15 also speaks to coverings. Uh, and, you know, shout out to the Global Tile and Stone experience. Uh, I have no idea who they are or what they do. Um, you know, but they had coverings and they had the number 15, so I decided to go with them. You know, because 15 also speaks to coverings or God's defense, if you would. Uh, to, to validate this, let's consider Genesis 7, verses 17 through 20. It says, 
And the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lifted above the earth, and the waters prevailed, and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went up upon the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. So they were covered by 15 cubits, you know, and of course this was Yah's covering. And in it, not only did he cover the world and all the abominations and filth, lamb, filth that was going on in the earth at that time, but he also defended the lives of Noah and, uh, and, um, and his family in the ark. Amen? Amen. Then consider Exodus 27, 14, and 15. It says, The hangings of one side of the gate shall be 15 cubits. Their pillars three and their sockets three. And on the other side shall be hangings 15 cubits. Their pillars three and their sockets three. Now seeing that these are hangings, these are curtains, these are coverings, there's you know, no need to elaborate. You know, 15 is associated with coverings in that sense. Then we have 1 Kings 7, 1. But Solomon was building his own house 13 years, and he finished all his house. And he built also the house of the forest of Lebanon. The length thereof was 100 cubits, and the breadth thereof was 50 cubits, and the height thereof 30 cubits, upon four rows of cedar pillars, with cedar beams upon the pillars. And it was covered with cedar above upon the beams that lay on 45 pillars, 15 in a row. And we see that the um, pillars that covered upon the beams were 15 in a row, again associating 15 with a cover. Amen? Amen. Then we have 2 Samuel 9, 1. says, And David, and David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? So here it is. King David had a covenant with with uh, Jonathan's, Saul's, uh, Saul's son, he had a covenant that extended not only in life, but also in death. And here it is, we have an account of David honoring that covenant. How great an example David was. Honoring that covenant even after the death of his friend. And so we, we see in 2 Samuel 9 and 10, 9, 9 and 10, it says, Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son, um, thy master's son, all that pertain, pertain to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him. And thou shalt bring in the fruits of thy master's son, may have food. That thy master son may have food to eat, but Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, thy master son shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants, and we see that Ziba and his sons was used to cover uh, Mephibosheth for Jonathan's sake. You know, and they made certain that there was food in his house, and. You know, David took really good care of He kept him covered. Amen. Mm -hmm. um, and so then we have Judges 
8, 10 through 13, my next reader. Now Zebah and Zamunah were in Karkor, and their hosts with them, about 15,000 men, all that were left of the hosts of the children of the east. For there fell an 120,000 men that drew sword. And Gideon went up by the way of them that dwelt in tents on the east of Nobah, and Yogbahah, and smote the host, for the host was secure. And when Zebah and Zalmanah fled, he pursued after them, and took the two kings of Midian, Zebah and Zalmanah, and discomfited all the host. And Gideon, the son of Yoash, returned from the battle before the sun was up. Hallelujah. All right. So, question. Why weren't there more or less than 15,000 men? Even that we might know that Gideon didn't defend Israel that day. He was there, but he didn't defend Israel that day. But that it was rather, it was Yah covering Israel that day. And so we're, we had a number 15 mentioned. So that we know that because the number 15 speaks to Yah's covering, Yah's defense. That's what I should have said from the beginning. Um, but yeah, it speaks to Yah's covering or his defense. You know, so um, when you're in trouble, you want number 15 in your life, right? You want Yah's covering, you want his defense. All right. Second Kings 14.6. Um, says, but the children of the murderers he slew not, according unto that which is written in the book of the law of Moshe, wherein Yahuwah commanded, saying, the fathers shall not be put to death for the children, nor the children be put to death for the fathers, but every man shall be put to death for his own sin. Now, this what we're talking about here, this is Amaziah. This is the story of Amaziah. And Amaziah... Um, he was somewhat a good king. He was, you know, he was recorded as being good, you know. And this is one of the good things that he had done, a big one, you know. And so, like, actually, it was some guys that killed his father, the king. They killed his father, and then they installed him as the new king. Now, after he became king, and he secured the kingdom, he then... Slew the ones who slew his father. You know, just in case they had any ideas about how they didn't like the way he was ran. <laughs> you know. Now, usually when that sort of thing happened, they would kill their whole family. You know. But because of the word of Yah, because of his commandment in the book of Torah, he didn't do that. And it's going to pay off for him. Mm -hmm. Consider 2 Kings 14, 10 through 13. My next reader, please. Thou hast indeed smitten Edom, and thy heart hath lifted thee up. Glory of this, and tarry at home. For why shouldest thou meddle to thy hurt, that thou shouldest fall, even thou and Judah, with thee? But Amaziah would not hear. Therefore, Jehoshaphat 
king of Israel went up and he and Amazah, king of Judah, looked one another in the face at Beth Shemesh with Elongith to Judah, and Judah was put to the worst before Israel, and they fled every man to their tents. And Jehoshaphat, king of Israel, took Amaziah, king of Judah, and son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahazah, to Beth Shemesh, and came to Jerusalem and break down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim unto the corner gate, four corner cubits. 400 cubits. 400 cubits, excuse me. Hallelujah. All right, so just a little backdrop to the story. You know, here it is, you know, King Amaziah, he had, he had a little beef with, uh, with Edom. You know, they were always beefing, you know. But this is one of those times. So Amaziah, you know, he went to war with Edom, and he, he beat him down. Now, after he beat him down, you also know that, like, the house of Yahuda and the house of Israel oftentimes got into it as well. And now, from what you can you see, according to the story, Israel wasn't messing with him at the time. But King Amaziah sent message over to to uh, to Israel, to Yahuash, the king of Israel, and told him, let us get together face to face. Which was a way of saying, you know, come on, let's fight. You know, let's go to war. And so this is what, you know, King Yahuash, the king of Israel, was responding. You know, and he was saying, yeah, you, you indeed, you know, and smitten Edom, you, yeah, you got down on Edom, Edom, and but don't let thine heart have thee lifted, um, be too lifted up, you know, like you're not ready for me. <laughs> I mean, this is you know, I'm paraphrasing, but this is what he's saying. You're not, you're not ready for me. Why, why, why are you meddling with me? You, all you're gonna do is get hurt. Don't do that, lest you fall, and even Yahuda with you. But. Said Amaziah would not hear. He was hard-headed. He, you know, he was puffed up. You know, he was ready. He was like, nah, let's let's go. You know. And so he did. And just as King Yahuwah said, you know, he got the worst of it. And he fled, fled to his um every man to his tent. But check out 13, it says, and Yahuash, king of Israel, took Amaziah, king of Yahuda. He, you know, he, he took he took possession of, him, you know. Um but he didn't kill him. He didn't kill him. And so when we jump down to verse 17, we see why he didn't kill him. It says, in verse 17, it says, And Amaziah, the son of Yoash, king of Yahuda, lived after the death of um, Yahoash, son of Yahoash, king of Israel, 15 years. You know, and so this is Yah's way of telling us that he covered Amaziah from death due yeah. to despairing of the sons of those that killed his father yeah. per his word mm -hmm. you know when you do Yah, Yah will take care of you right. Right. you know when you do Yah's will Yah will cover you yeah. when you cover him in his word he will cover you in return yeah. hallelujah yeah. 
All right, here's another example of that very same thing. It's found in 2 Kings, it's chapter 20, verses 1 through 7. It deals with King Hezekiah. It says, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. It was time for him to go. He had a sickness unto death. It says, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of um, Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith Yahuwah, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Yeah, he probably didn't want to see the old prophet that day. It says, then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto Yahuwah, saying, I beseech thee, O Yahuwah, remember, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court. He ain't waste no time getting that prayer did he? You know, Isaiah didn't even get out into the middle court. It says that the word of Yahuwah came to him saying, turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people. Thus saith Yahuwah, the Elohim of David, thy father. I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day, thou shalt go up unto the house of Yahuwah. And I will add unto thy days 15 years. And I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of King Assyria. Uh, the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake. And for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, take a lump of figs. And they took and laid it on the boil and he recovered. Now, Take note of how the number 15 in con is in conjunction to the deliverance and defense of Hezekiah in the city of Jerusalem. You know, again, this is Yah's way of saying that it's because of those things that he had did during his life that caused him to cover him from death and extend his life. You know, just like it was with Amaziah, can't you see, you know, because... They were doing the will of Yah. They covered the will of Yah, and Yah covered them in return. Hallelujah. You know, so again, we see the number 15 speaking to Yah's covering, Yah's defense. Now, uh, we're going to jump into the brick Kadashah. Consider Luke 3, 1 through 7. My next reader, please. Now, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pointis Pilot, Pontius Pilot, uh, being governor of Judea, and Herod being Tetric te te of Galilee, and his brother Philip Tetric of Iturea, and of the region of Trachonitis and Lysanias, the Tetric of Abilene, Annas and Sophias being the high priest, the word of Elohim came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of <coughs> Isaiah the prophet saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of Yahuwah make his path straight every valley shall be filled and every mountain 
and hills shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of Elohim. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, so hereby we find that the number 15, the 15th year was in which Israel would have their sins covered, that they might be covered from the wrath to come. You know, and so again, we see the number 15 uh, in association with the covering of Yah. Then we have Yochanan 11, 17 through 26. It says, then when Yahushua came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now, Bethany was nigh to Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. Hmm. Why not 16? Hmm. Why not 14? Hmm. Why not 14 and a half? <laughs> and many of the Yahudim came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Yahushua was coming, went and met, met him. And Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Yahushua, Adonai, if thou hadst been here, my brother would not, would not die. What had not died. She, she goes on to say, But I know that even now, whatsoever thou will ask of Elohim, Elohim will give it thee. And Yahushua saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. But she didn't believe that. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But that's he just said, thy brother will rise again. She said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Yahushua said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. Woo! He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Mm -hmm. That's what you want to believe right there. Amen. Yep. So take note of the mention of the number 15 in this passage. Was it really necessary to mention that it was about 15 furlongs off? Mm -hmm. Not really. You know, it's there that we might understand that even though we may live and die in Bethany, that is the house of misery or affliction. That's what mm -hmm. Bethany means. Mm -hmm. You know, which speaks to our house of flesh. Even though we live in this house of flesh, this house of affliction, this house of misery in the here and now, there's another life waiting for us. In the here yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, and Yah has us covered. Yes, indeed. As long as we keep doing Him. Yes. Amen. Yes. Consider Exodus 16, 1 through 4. My next reader, please. And they took their journey from. Elam and all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, and on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to Elohim we have died in the hand of Yahuwah in the land of Egypt, when we have set by flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, for ye brought us forth unto this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Mm -hmm. Then said he who unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. Mm -hmm. 
Hallelujah. So hereby we see Yah announcing how he'll defend Israel from hunger whilst they dwell in the wilderness. You know, he had them covered, did he not? Yeah. Every day they was out there for 40 years. He rained down manna from heaven for them to eat. He truly had them covered, did he not? Yes, he did. You know, consider 1 Kings 12, 32. Um, it says, And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth day on the 15th day of the month. Now, why he had to choose the 15th day? <laughs> he chose the 15th day because that's when Yah's feast was. Right. And he was trying to fool the people. You know, it says he ordained a feast in the 8th month when Yah's feast was in the 7th month. You know, on the 15th day. So he made his on the 8th month on the 15th day. Like unto the feast in Yahudah. See, I'm not making this up. It actually tells us that. And he offered upon the altar... So did he in Bethel. Bethel means the house of Elohim or the house of God, right? Sacrificing unto the cows that he had made. These mm. are idols. Mm. And he placed in Bethel the priest of the high places which he had made. So he offered upon the altar which he had made in Bethel the 15th day of the eighth month, even in the month which he had devised of his own heart. And ordained a feast unto the children of Israel. Major mistake. Mm -hmm. And he offered upon the altar and burnt incense. And behold, mm -hmm. there came a man of Elohim mm -hmm. out of Yahudah by the word of Yahuwah unto Bethel. Who sent them there? Yahshua. How we know? Because he's the word of Yahuwah. Mm -hmm. In the beginning was the word, the word was with Elohim, and the word was Elohim. And here it is. He's sending this man of Elohim unto Yeroboam in Bethel. And it says, And Yeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Mm -hmm. And he cried against the altar in the word of Yahuwah and said, O altar, altar, mm -hmm. thus saith Yahuwah, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee. Woo! And men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which Yahuwah have spoken. Mm -hmm. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. Yeah. And it came to pass, when Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of Elohim, which had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, mm -hmm. saying, Lay hold on him! And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up! Mm -hmm. So that he could not pull it in again to them. Can't you see that Yah had him covered? That Yah defended him? Yah had him covered. The king couldn't even pull his hand back. He put his hand out the point over there and tell him, you know, lay hold on him. He couldn't pull his hand back. And he had to eat some humble pie. Because Yah wasn't playing with him. That's all I have for you today. Pray it was a blessing. Yeah. 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 So, when you see number 15, think rest. Think y'all's covering, y'all's defense. Hallelujah. Yeah. All right. We'll take any questions at this time.